0: today's scripture reading comes from the book of james chapter 5 verse 7 through 11. be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the lord see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains you also be patient establish your hearts for the coming of the lord is at hand do not grumble against one another brothers so that you may not be judged behold the The judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who speak in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the word of the Lord. All right, good to see everyone. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Joe I usually am the children's pastor, so, uh, you know, they uh, took me out of the minor leagues today and put me up here so uh, I could see your beautiful faces. Um, And uh, I want to talk to you today today about patience. Um, And um, uh, as I was thinking, we're going to take a break from, of course, um, union with Christ and talk a little bit about uh, what I want to talk about. And the reason I chose this topic in particular uh, was because when I look around the world, it's like, I feel like the world has lost its mind and we have, like, no patience left for anything. Like, everything is, like, and we're fighting about everything. If you, like, walk into a room and you say mask, someone's going to be angry. And if you say no mask, then someone else will be angry. And if you don't say anything, then someone will be angry. You know, and it's just, like, constant, constant lack of patience. Everyone is canceling everyone. And I just, I don't know, I needed to. I feel like we just need to step back as a culture. Uh, we need to you know, take a deep breath and think about like, what is patience? What is biblical patience? Uh, What is patience for the Christian? Uh, What does it mean for me that might be, um, you know, someone that works in the workplace? What is patience? What is it for me? Maybe I'm single and I'm like, oh, I can't take this anymore. I need to get married. Or, uh, you know, and just in our world of instant gratification, um, how do we deal with this? Like, what is going on? I feel so far away from you guys. Usually, like, Susung's up there, but you put me way back here. I don't, I don't know what's going on, all right? But um, uh, you guys look small. Okay, but anyways, back to the point. Um, yeah, let me pray for us, and let me begin. And, uh, and yeah, let me just pray, and then we'll get started. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this time that we can gather and uh, just uh, look into your word and, and learn about this topic that maybe uh, we don't think about too often or bring up too often. Uh, but Lord, teach us this afternoon. And uh, Lord, we look to you uh, so that we might honor you uh, in all we do. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, as I said, uh, usually I'm talking to children all the time. And uh, uh, a couple months ago, I told a story to the children. So I was thinking, you know, maybe it'd be a good way to give you guys a children's story. Do you guys like children's stories? Yeah? No? Okay. So let me tell you the story, even if you don't like it. All right. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Billy. Okay? And Billy would go to the park, and every time he went to the park, he'd have his friends there, and there'd be this one friend in particular. And this friend, every time he saw Billy, would come alongside him and say, hey, Billy, and pat him on the back, right? Not the gentle pats, but the, you know, like the bam, right? And this would get Billy a little bit angry, and day after day, every day as they go to the park, this happens, right? And He got so frustrated with it and he's so angry. He's like, why does this guy have to keep hitting me on the back? I asked him not to hit me on the back, but every time I see him, he hits me on the back and pats me really hard and I can't take this anymore. So he came up with a plan and he decided, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a vest and it's going to be full of dynamite and I'm going to hide it under my jackets and I'm going to put a trigger right on my back And the next time he sees me, you know what's going to happen. So he couldn't sleep all night, all excited, woke up the next morning, ran to the park, put on his jacket underneath the vest, saw his friend, eyes wide open, ran over to him, said, Hey, buddy, how you doing? And his friend, of course, went, bam! And there was a big explosion. And of course, uh, when I told this to the children over there, uh, they started laughing and they were like, ha 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 ha, he's so dumb because he blew himself up. Right? But here's the sobering part of the story. Right? We do this all the time. Right? Not just as kids, but as adults. We do this all the time. Right? We come up with this plan. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to do this to this person. And inevitably, we're not just hurting the other person, we're hurting ourselves. All right, so in the context of the story, it sounds so stupid and ridiculous, but in context of our lives, all right, we are that stupid, right, and we are that foolish, and we do make mistakes all the time. All right, so um, this is where patience comes in. Okay? Patience is important. Right? Patience is important. And, of course, with patience, you know, there's a situation for everything. There's times for patience. There's times where, you know, we need to react and do things. Uh, but um, that comes with wisdom. And, of course, um, more times than not, patience is probably the appropriate answer. And it would be helpful, right, if we have a deeper understanding of uh, what patience is. All right? so uh, let me give you the, the points. Uh, I, I don't know. I see, like, one person with a pen. Maybe they're taking notes. Maybe they're doing something else. Um, so the the... the the three points we're going to go through today are fruit, uh, judgment, and purpose. All right? Fruit, judgment, and purpose. All right? And uh, let me begin uh, with defining patience. All right? I like defining words just so we can kind of get on the same page uh, about what we're talking about. All right? And um, you know, it might seem kind of obvious, like, oh, duh, everyone knows what patience is. But you know, I've really found that sometimes saying obvious things out loud... Really, like, clarifies things. I don't know why that is, but that's how it works for my brain. All right, so uh, when I define patience, I looked at a lot of definitions, and really what it boils down to, if you take everything else away, is patience is suffering. Okay, patience is suffering. All right, but uh, um, under the definition, uh, like, to fill it out, it would be bearing suffering with calm okay, bearing suffering with calm, but when you are being patient, you are suffering, okay? You ever think about that? All right, so some, uh, there's good, good suffering, and there's bad suffering, you know, there's like you know, Christmas morning, you can't wait to open the presents, and you're like, you're, you know, you tell your kids, be patient, be patient, and your kids are like, fumbling, you know, and there's like the good side of it, and there's the bad side of patience, Right, um, You know, you might be in the hospital or you might have some problem at work or there might be some family problem and uh, you have to bear this suffering with calm. Um, some synonyms uh, to help us kind of think this through, uh, perseverance. The Bible often says persevere or long-suffering, right? The opposite uh, of patience would be uh, complaining, protesting, grumbling, right? And uh, of course, uh, with suffering, which is a process or a a time that we go through, there's also an end of patience, right? Patience has to end at some point, right? And uh, when patience ends, it's either through some sort of resolution, right? Uh, Something happened, uh, you were sick, and now you're better, and it's resolved. So the patience ends. You don't need to be patient anymore. Or it ends in some kind of reaction, Right. Someone cuts you off while you're driving to church. You get all angry, and you're like, no, 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 patience. And they do it again, and then you're like, oh, this patience is over. And then you just cut them off, or you do something. right? So it's either through reaction or resolution, right? the patience ends. Right? So uh, suffering, right? and uh, it either ends through reaction or resolution. Um, uh, bonus definition or bonus idea, um, as I was looking through the Bible, Right, um, there's uh, the famous scripture that comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, a lot of weddings use it, and they always say love is what? Love is patient. Right? Love is patient. And I, and I found that very interesting. Okay? Um, the Bible here is defining what love is for us. Right? And the very first word that they use to define love is patience. They could have said, you know, they could have started with the kindness, or endures all things, or, or, um, you know, they could have said, love is amazing, or love is powerful, or love is supreme. But the Bible starts, as its definition for love, is patience. Okay, and uh, if we tie that together, what we were just talking about in our definition, love is suffering. <laughs> All right, so for all you single people looking to get married, all right, you could think twice right now, all right? Because the Bible says love is suffering, okay? Um, and and that's, that's interesting, right? When we think about what love is, all right, love is patience, right? There's, there's a suffering involved in loving people, okay? So um, there's our definition, all right? Bearing suffering with calm. All right, so let's get into our passage and uh, let's talk about it. So point number one, fruit. All right, and we'll get to what that means in a second. All right, so let me read it again. Uh, It says, Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Okay, so be patient, therefore. Okay, whenever you see therefore, you got to ask, What's the therefore, therefore, right? So you got to go back a couple uh, paragraphs and see all right, what's going on in the passage. And in the passage, um, there are these rich people that are exploiting these poor people and they're going to be judged, right? So um, whether they're rich or they're powerful people exploiting other people, um, God is saying there is justice that's going to come for these people that are, caught, that are doing this kind of evil. All right, so therefore, because there is this judgment coming, all right, you can be patient, because right, I'm going to judge these people. All right, be patient until the coming of the Lord. All right, so uh, that's going to be important. All right, be patient. Be patient. The, God is telling us to be patient. All right, so um, it's a good reminder. Okay, why don't you tell the person next to you real quick, be patient. All right, remind each other. I know, I know. Usually you don't do anything, okay, but... Uh, my sermon, you got to do a little bit of something, okay? So be patient. Until when? Until the coming of the Lord. Right? And when I was looking at this and studying this, I felt like there's a little bit of a principle behind this. right? There's a little bit of a principle behind this. Right? And uh, that is that when you can see the end, right, it kind of deflates the tension of everything in the now. Right? When you can see the end, it deflates the tension of the now. Right? Until the coming of the Lord. When you can see the coming of the Lord, that's going to deflate a lot of the tension, the stress, the anger, the, 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 I don't know, whatever it is that's just like tearing you up inside. It's going to deflate that a little bit. Right? And um, uh, let me explain it in this way. All right? um, whenever you see a drama or you see a movie, you read a book, uh, you record a, a sports match or the Olympics that passed, uh, the one thing that people never want to hear is what happens in the end, right? Spoilers, because right? what happens if you find out what happens? i right? say, you know, a couple weeks ago there's a Super Bowl, and you know we were in service during the Super Bowl. But what happens if someone told you who won the game, right? When, if you were to watch it later, it would deflate all the tension that's happening within the game because you already know who won, right? You'd be like, oh. Oh, no, this interception happened. Oh, no, like, ah, but, like, I know they already won, so it doesn't matter, okay? And and this is how it is with life, okay? And this is what's going on here with this uh, this verse, okay? Be patient until the coming of the Lord, okay? We know that the Lord is going to come, so that should deflate. That should um, rectify a lot of the situation that's going on in your life right now, okay? If that is real, right, if we know that that's, going to happen, right, then we can look at everything else in the context of the thing that's most important, right, and and we can live appropriately, right? So um, in saying that, I'm not saying that um, your suffering or the things that you're going through aren't real, they're not important, right? But what I'm saying is we can trust that God will bring perfect resolution when he returns, okay? We can trust that God will bring perfect resolution, all right, so we can trust that whatever we're going through, whatever we're struggling with, uh, we can um, we can we can walk through it. All right. So uh, then the end of this verse, verse seven, right, uh, gives us this illustration of this farmer. It says, "See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, uh, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rain." Right? So see how the farmer waits for this precious fruit okay so there's this farmer waiting for fruits right so this farmer is waiting for this end, this resolution right and when we talk about fruit, obviously it's something that's sweet, so something that's refreshing, something that would bring you joy, something that brings you sustenance right and uh, But the farmer doesn't just uh, plant a seed and go inside and, you know, look on the internet and, you know, look on Instagram and just waits for this thing to grow, right? There's a hardship that the farmer needs to endure, right? The farmer needs to plant and turn over the soil and, uh, you know, take care of any rodents or whatever is going to come or bugs or weeds. Uh, The farmer has a lot of work to do. And the farmer has to uh, depend and wait on this rain, okay? Not just in the beginning of the season, but the end of the season, all right? So there's this long hardship that this farmer needs to endure, but the farmer looks towards the fruit at the end that makes everything else worth the struggle, worth the trial, right? Worth waiting for, Right. If there was like low percentage chance of fruit at the end, all right, I don't know, could you have patience in planting and, and tilling and doing all this work, waking up early in the morning, taking care of all these things? I don't know if that'd be possible, all right? Um, and this is a long process, all right, for the farmer. It's a long process. And uh, this is one of the worst parts about patience, is the time, okay? Um, whenever you're going through suffering, time seems to stop. I don't know why that is, right? Uh, many of you have just gone through ski week You've gone to Tahoe, you've gone on vacation here or there. And when you go on vacation, right, you breathe in, you breathe out, and then you're waking up and the next morning it's work, right? And you're like, what happened to my vacation? It's gone. Right, but when you're suffering, you're like it seems to go on forever and ever and ever. Right? Um, uh, there was a time I woke up one morning and um, I felt like a little, like I felt like indigestion or something. So, I was like, you know, a little trip to the toilet's gonna solve this, no problem, right? So, I go to the toilet, try to do my stuff, come out, and I, it still hurts. Okay, and all of a sudden, it hurts more and more and more. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm dying, right? And I'm, like, I'm the kind of guy that suffers through everything, and like, you know, medicine, eh, you don't need it, you know, just I'll just plow through it. Doctor, never visit the doctor unless, you know, unless I'm dying. And in this situation, I was feeling like I'm dying, right? I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I'm dying, right? So I'm like, uh, Esther, my wife, let's, let's go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. I feel like I'm dying. I'm like keeled over on the floor, right? We get in the car, we're going to the hospital. She's driving the speed limit. I'm like, drive faster. This is not the time. I don't know what's happening. I'm gonna die. I feel like I'm dying. And you're like worried about your conscience, right? This is not the time to worry about your conscience. Get me to the hospital, okay? So we get to the hospital, you know, um, she drops me off at the curb, goes, looks for parking. I go inside, you know, I'm staring across the, you know, across the, the glass from the receptionist person, and she's asking for my information, and she's like, what's your name? You know, what's your insurance? I'm like, Ugh! you know, and she's like all calm, and I've, I've, I'm dying, right? And she's calm, and, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to see the doctor right now. She's like, uh, you can go and have a seat over there, <laughs> you know? And, and if there wasn't that glass between us, I would have been on the other side, right? Finding a doctor, but there, there it was. Okay. And, and I'm in pain and this pain, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, and I feel like I'm dying and I just see someone right away and it's, it feels like it's lasting forever. Right. And, uh, And at the end of it, what it turned out, what it was, was kidney stones. Okay, kidney stones. If you never had kidney stones, God bless you. All right, (laughs) because if you have, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so um, after I found out and after everything had passed, you know, I thought to myself, if I knew it was kidney stones, I could have endured it, you know, because I knew I would have known I'm not going to die. It's just like a pain and it's going to last a while. But I know what it is, and I can survive that, and I can bear it. I can grit my teeth. I can be patient about it, okay? But since I didn't know the ends, and I just thought I was dying, right? Um, you know, that, that's, that's what my mind was doing. I was just going crazy. I was suffering, right, with no end in sight. Um, so um, this is, you know, the worst part, is this time that passes as we're suffering, Right? And when we don't understand what's going on, All right? But uh, the Bible tells us that we need to be patient like this farmer, All right? Waiting, waiting and knowing that there is a fruit to come, All right? Uh, verse 8, uh, it says again, you also be patient, All right? Be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand, All right? So establish your heart, um, have a foundation right, in your hearts of patience. Right? Decide beforehand that this is the, this is the way I'm going to live when this troubled time comes. Is that I'm going to decide that I'm going to be patient with my brother and sister, my wife, my husband, my family, my coworker, my boss, this person that's driving in front of me that's driving way too slow. I'm going to decide, I'm going to establish in my heart patience, patience, all right? I'm going to decide that this is the way. Um, kind of reminds me of um, on, on Disney Plus, there's that show, The Mandalorian. You guys watch that? Right? It's just like that Star Wars spinoff, and there's that Boba Fett guy, all right? that, that style character. There's like a whole clan of them, and uh, he walks around, and he does these weird things, and, uh, you know, like one of the things they do is they never take off their mask, right? And they never eat in front of anyone else. And uh, they always say, this is the, the way, right? This is the way. And he walks around in his kind of, um, I don't know, very boring, bland voice. And he says, this is the way, right? This is, um, this is the way that I've decided that I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to depart from this, right? I have decided that this is my way of life. Okay, my way of life is to do these weird things right, for the Christian, the way is patience, okay, and we have to decide in our heart, I am not going to depart from this I'm not going to depart from this I'm going to decide beforehand right, this is uh, one of those things uh that are difficult because uh, when you're talking about um, emotion and um, you know uh, stress like they're very reactionary things, right so if you like are reactionary. Something happens and uh, you react. It's, it's hard to like put that back in the box and do patience, right? Patience is one of those things that you got to decide beforehand you're going to do. That way when the reactionary things happen, you can respond with the correct appropriate response, which is patience instead of anger or grumbling or talking behind people's backs, okay? So um, this is what I'm saying. This is the way, all right? Establish your heart, all right? Have this foundation, right, in mind that this is the way I'm going to approach these different situations, right? The farmer's eyes are on the fruit, right? And the Christian's eyes need to be on Christ, right? And responding to all of life's situations with that in mind, right? So uh, once again, when you can see the end, it deflates the tension of the now. When we see Christ and we realize he's coming back All of these life problems, these life issues, right? They're still real issues. They're still life issues. But in perspective and in context of the glory that Christ is going to bring back with him, right? It deflates the tension of the things that we're going through. All right. So that's fruit. All right. Point number two judgments. Judgments. All right. So uh, the first one is honey. All right. If the Bible can't get you with honey, they're going to get you with the stick, right? So here's a stick. And I like this one. Verse nine. It says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. All right. Uh, do not grumble against one another. Okay. We need to hear this so often. All right? Right now, our church seems to be going through a pretty good season. I don't know. It seems like everyone's happy. All right. But churches go through seasons. All right. And I'm sure something's going to happen where people are going to grumble. All right? And, uh, Here it says, do not grumble. Do not grumble, because what is grumbling? Grumbling is an antonym, right? It's anti-patience, right? And of course, there's no end to the things that we can grumble about. There's no end to the things that we can complain about. You know, we can complain about, why are we outside? It's so cold outside. You know, why do we have to sit in these chairs? There are more comfortable ones inside. Why do we have to come in person to vote? Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do that? Right? And with a lot of the things that we complain about, right, you, might be, you might complain about your work. Why is my boss like this? Why do we have to do that? You're probably right. You're probably right. right? You're probably right. right? But um, if you have time to complain, right, you, probably have to, you probably have time to do something about it too. Right? And complaining is like the least um, productive method of anything, right? So um, imagine this, imagine this, okay? Uh, Put your imagination caps on, right? And imagine your family or your work or your church and imagine that whatever you're imagining, no one ever grumbles, no one ever complains. (sighs) Let's sit in that moment for a little bit, right? Your family would be so beautiful if that was the case, wouldn't it? Yeah. At your workplace, you might even enjoy going to work right, if no one ever complains or if no one ever grumbled, right? Don't you want that? That's, that's the weird thing about humans because you, like, you present this kind of like, situation or this uh, I, I, ideal world, right, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 I want that, right? But then no one lives life for it. No one lives for it. Everyone just goes against it, okay? But don't you want that? you're like, yeah, if it wasn't for my boss, or if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for my kids, we could have it. Right? But really, really, um, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with yourself. Okay, we make this happen. Right? And uh, when we get it further in here, we'll see, really, it begins with Christ and right? our relationship with him in us, right, that we can hopefully grow this right? and let this be a fragrance to others. So uh, once again, do not grumble against one another. Right, and the big question is why? Right, so that you may not be judged. Right, the judge is standing at the door. Right, Uh, and uh, you know, in one context, we can understand that the Lord will one day judge us based on what we do. Right, but also in another way, you could think about it is that holding on to this type of attitude is a judgment in itself. Right? Holding on to that type of attitude is a judgment in itself. If we're constantly grumbling, right, it's it's just like my story at the beginning. We're being billies. Right? We're um, being self-destructive and non-productive. Right? People imprison themselves in their thoughts if they're constantly um, being just if they're just constantly holding grudges. Right? You just become imprisoned. Right? But if you want to be free, right, stop judging. Try to try patience. Right, complaining doesn't solve suffering. It only adds to it. And once again, if you have time to complain, you probably have time to do something about it. All right, so let's try to be more productive. All right, so um, let's make this a short point. Uh, when you can see judgment, it deflates the tension of the now. And um, um, if that doesn't quite make sense to your mind, let me just say it in this one other way. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I was visiting a, a friend of mine, or I saw a friend of mine over there. And uh, as we were sitting in one of the cafes, um, he looked at me and my friend that were uh, visiting from here, and he's like, um, "Oh, do you guys have a car here?" And we're like, "Yeah, we've been driving around this rental car." And he's like, um, "Don't road rage around here, because in Atlanta, everyone carries a gun. Everyone carries a gun." So we're like, "Okay, all right. That's that's judgment." Okay, we understand judgment. If we road rage, someone might shoot us. Okay, therefore, I'm going to be more patient. All right, I'm going to be more patient. All right? and, and this is the same understanding that we need to have with um, our grumbling. Okay, um, there's going to be judgments. So stop grumbling. All right, stop grumbling. All right, point number three. Point number three, purpose. Purpose. Um, Let me read the verses, verse 10. Uh, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, uh, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's no mystery that every prophet that spoke in the name of the Lord suffered to some degree or another, right? And uh, they displayed patience. Verse 11, behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast, okay? So um, the Bible is giving us homework here. If you guys like homework, all right, consider these prophets, consider them. All right, so here's your homework. Consider the prophets. It's not homework I'm giving you. It's homework the Bible's giving you. Okay, so it's good homework. All right, so do it. Okay, read, read and look at the prophets, okay, but instead of just looking at them in the story, look at their patience, okay, because this is something good that we need to grow in, all right? And uh, when we look at them, we consider their steadfastness or their patience or their suffering, all right, what do we consider that? We consider it a blessing, Right, we consider it a blessing, right? After the fact, right, when we look at it from you know our our side of the you know the, the timeline, we can see that the suffering, even though during it probably was really terrible, now we can see it as blessing. Okay, and that's one of the ways that we have to understand whatever suffering that we're going through, all right? That we might not understand suffering now. All right, it might hurt. Might be difficult now, but hopefully at the end, we'll see it as blessing, as blessing. Um, Which is one of those weird things about Christianity, right? That we can do that. We can see suffering as something good. Um, Romans 5 says, um, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, right? And why does it say that? Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay, so this progression of things comes out of suffering, and if we can hold on to patience, we can grow in our endurance. We can grow as people in our character. We can grow in our hope towards God, right? And of course, as it says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love... God's patience has been poured into us, right? And uh, do you want a little bit more of God's patience poured into you? right, then hold on to the suffering, right? And be calm in it and trust in the purpose that God has for you in it, all right? So it's not pleasant, but it's purposeful. It's not pleasant, but it's purposeful. Um, Verse 11, uh, you have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. All right. Um, um, if you're not familiar with Job, um, I think probably most of you are, but if you're not familiar, um, Job was this guy in the Old Testament. <clears throat> um, really interesting situation and really interesting story because you get like a, a look behind the curtain of some things that are going on. Okay. And uh, the book starts with uh, Satan going into the throne room of God and God says to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? All right? He is upright and blameless." Okay. So, here in God's eyes, he says um, that Job is this righteous man, right? And 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 God is saying to Satan, "This is my boy." All right? "Have you tested this guy?" All right, and Satan says to him, "The only reason that he loves you and the only reason he's faithful to you is because you have this hedge of protection around him, and you love him and you bless him. If you took that all away, all right, he would curse you." All right, so God says, "Well, have at it, have at it." Okay, so uh, Job proceeds to lose everything, all his possessions, his family. All right, and there he is, left in the dust. All right, all by himself, and. Uh, a couple of friends come up to him, and and the rest of this book, like 30 chapters or so, is him talking with his friends and discussing why he is suffering. Okay, why he is suffering. And it goes on and on and on and on. And so when you look at this book, you're probably thinking, like, Job must be this book that's going to tell us why people suffer. Right? But at the end of the book, right, what we find out is God's view of the world is infinitely bigger and infinitely more complex than we could ever understand. And we don't really get an answer to why Job suffered. Or Job never gets an answer. We, we kind of see a little bit of why. But we don't get like a specific answer to why he suffered. All we know is that we can trust God. All right, So we don't learn the why of patience and suffering. right? And maybe that's not what it's all about. Maybe that's not what the book's all about. Maybe that's not what this little passage that we're reading is all about. Uh, because it's not necessarily about the what or the why. Right? It's really more about the who. Okay, it's more about the who. All right, when we can walk with patience because we have a God who is powerful, all right, as James says, when we can have a God that is compassionate and merciful, all right, then we can bear the load. We can walk in patience because right? we have the who, not the how, not the what, right? but the who. Right? When we trust that the Lord has a purpose, right? it deflates the tension of whatever we might be going through. Right? When we trust that the Lord has a purpose, when we trust that the Lord is compassionate and merciful, right? we can trust his purpose. Right, and we can trust whatever suffering, whatever ordeal that we're going through. Okay. Um, yeah, a little practical stuff. Um, actually, let me, let, me, let me start to wrap things up and I'll get to some practical stuff. All right. Um, let me wrap stuff up. All right. So be patient. Be patient. Be patient. All right. The Bible passage says it over and over and over again. Be patient. All right, and um, as I was lo- as I look through the Bible, there's, there's this weird progression of closeness uh, of God. Okay, For, if you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there's this progression that God gets closer and closer and closer to his people. Okay, in the beginning of the Bible, in the Old Testament, God is this God and he's kind of like far off, but he talks to his people. Right, he's like, Moses, do this, David, do this, right? he talks to his people. Okay, but when it comes to the New Testament, what happens? All right, Jesus comes. Right? And he lives among the people. He lives among the people. He uh, comes to save us from our sins, to bring us into his family. Right? He comes to win patience for us on the cross. Right? He does all these things. Right? And Jesus comes to this earth. Right? And you know, in my mind, that seems pretty good. I'm for that. Right? Jesus among us, that's, that's good. That's, that's amazing that we can see God. Right? But he doesn't leave it there. He doesn't leave it there. He sends the Holy Spirit to live in us. In us. Right, so you see this? God far off, Jesus on the earth, not good enough for God. God lives in us. In us. Right, and um, as, he, uh, as Ephesians says, the Holy Spirit is a seal guaranteeing our inheritance. Right, he assures us of the end. So, God, is, God wants to be so close to us that He assures us of the end. He assures us of this fruit that is coming. All right. So, uh, once again, this passage isn't necessarily about the how. Like, how do you become more patient? It's about the who. All right. The Lord is coming. All right. Be patient until the coming of the Lord. And until the Lord comes, we've given you this Holy Spirit to live in your hearts. All right. So that you know. That this fruit is guaranteed for those that believe in Christ. All right? uh, you are not alone in your suffering. Okay? You're not alone in your suffering. Right? Um, let me say that one more time because there might be someone suffering in this, uh, in this group. All right? You are not alone in your suffering. All right? If you believe in Christ, Christ is in you and he's walking with you. and right? He wants you to know that right problems big or small right Christ is with you you're not alone um this is one of the reasons uh, you know why pastor Susan or pastor Young constantly point you guys to like GLF or do you know because this is the group this is one of the ways that God can sp- let us be his hands and his feet to each other Right, to encourage each other. Because, uh, you know, in, in American uh, culture, the rugged individualism, it's like we, we stand on that far too much. Right? And we need each other uh, far more than we realize. Right? And this is what the church is all about. Right? Showing each, uh, being God for each other. Right? And showing the love of God towards others. All right. Um, so once again, all right, when you can see the end, right, it deflates the tension of the now, right, even in the small things. All right, maybe, I don't know, I keep talking about road rage, but maybe like every time someone does something on the road, God is wanting you to turn towards him <laughs> and know that he's near, all right? And uh, whether it's through judgments or fruits, hopefully you can be more patient, all right? Um, I don't know. Sometimes I find myself praying for the person instead of being angry at them. Lord, help them to be a better driver. Thank you that they drive so slow because they're probably terrible. So, yeah. God bless you. Drive slow. I'm just going to go in the left lane and pass you. Okay. Um, see the fruit is that, that is to come. Uh, keep in mind the judgments and trust the purpose of God who is with you, who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. Um, Let me me finish with one simple kind of cheesy story, all right? Um, There's a story about a man who visited a grocery. And uh, uh, as you know, when you go to the grocery, you kind of wander from aisle to aisle looking at all the different things. And as this man was walking through the aisles, he saw uh, a father with his three-year-old son. And uh, the father of the three-year-old son, for some reason, they were walking through the candy aisle, which you should never do with kids, all right? And, um, you know, the, the, the three-year-old boy, of course, was like, I want that. I want that, okay? And then the man continues to walk to other aisles. And, uh, you know, he sees them again in a different aisle. And the boy, being a little bit more uh, vocal, was like, Dad, can I have the candy, please? Can I have the candy, please? All right, and they? You know, keeps walking around, sees him in another aisle. Uh, the boy is a couple actives louder. He's like, "Dad, I need the candy," right? As little boys do. Um, and um, every time the boy, every time he saw the father and the boy, right? He heard the dad saying, "Now, Billy, this won't take long." Right? And 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 the other aisle, he heard him again. Uh, "Billy, calm down. We'll be done in just a minute." Right. By the time they got to the register, uh, the boy is flailing on the grounds. I want the candy! Right. But the, the father said, Billy, settle down. We're almost out of here. Right. So they get out of the checkout and they're in the parking lot. The boy is still crying, wanting the candy. And uh, the man you know, is just so impressed by the father, wants to go over there and talk to him. Uh, and as he approaches, he hears uh, the man, the father say, Billy, we'll be in the car in just a minute and then everything will be okay. Right, so uh, the man walks up to the father and says, Sir, I couldn't help watch how you handled little Billy. You were amazing. But the father replied, you don't get it. My son's name isn't Billy. I'm Billy. All right, let me let that sink in for some of you slower ones. All right, I'm Billy. All right, he was calming himself the whole time, okay? And most of the time, this is how we try to maintain our patience, right? But let's go on to the next step, right? From the how to the who, right, and get to Christ. Keep our eyes on Christ, right? Who suffered a death and resurrection, so that we could have what we could not earn, so we wouldn't walk alone, so we can run to Him in the big and the small and trust in the patience that the Lord has for you and for me. Okay, let's pray together. Let's pray together. Um, Lord, thank you so much that uh, you have gone to prepare a place for us. Uh, you've gone to prepare a place. For those that you call your own, those that have confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that Christ rose from the dead, that we have a relationship with you and that you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us, you will walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death and that we could trust in you. And uh, Lord, as our eyes uh, focus upon your return, uh, help us never to forget that you are there to comfort us That you are compassionate and merciful, and that we can trust in you. And though uh, there will be days, months, periods, years, perhaps in our lives that are difficult, help us to know that life isn't the end, uh, but you are the end. And your end is glorious, Uh, your eternity is marvelous and fantastic. Uh, So help us to trust that you have so much more than we could ever imagine. And in all that, help us to be patient uh, in all things, letting that be the aroma of Christ that spreads to all those around us um, so that they could see uh, something different in us that only comes from Christ in us. Uh, So we thank you, and uh, Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.